Welcome back to JRoot Radio 97.5 FM. This is Shia Horowitz with Creating a Better World with a special P. Preisach edition. I thank you all for tuning in and we will begin. There is a very important part, an extremely important part of the Haggadah Shal Pesach is telling the story. It is the power of the Jewish people to retell a story thousands of years old. They still continuously do it. We still sit our children around our table and we tell them the story of our ancestors so many years ago in the land of Egypt when they suffered under the hand of oppression and God cared and took us out from there. This is a very, very special, an extremely special story. It is a story about God caring for the Jewish people. However, this story was told and retold under all circumstances. It was told in times of joy and it was also told in times of pain. Jews have said the Haggadah Shel Pesach under immense pressure, under tremendous suffering. They still sang the words of Dayenu, Dayenu, Dayenu. And for us today, I want to repeat the story of the Haggadah the way it was said by a person in Auschwitz called Eddie Wiesel. Eddie Wiesel wrote a poem called Ani Mamin. Ani Mamin, a poem written by Eli Wiesel, who suffered in Auschwitz and in other camps, was later put to music by Darius Mihaut, and it was played at the Carnegie Hall on November 13, 1973. This is a poem about a person who refuses to give up, refuses to give up hope in the darkest moments. And I open quote, a camp, an inmate, a creature without a name, a man without a face, without a destiny, it is night. The first night of Passover, the camp is asleep. He alone is awake. He talks to himself soundlessly. I hear his words. I capture his silence. To himself, to me, he is saying, I have not partaken of matzot, nor of mori. I have not emptied the four cups, symbols of the four deliverances. I did not invite the hungry to share my past or even my hunger. No longer have I a son to ask me the four questions. No longer have I the strength to answer. The parable of Chadgadio is misleading. God will not come to slay the slaughterer. The innocent victims will go unavenged. The ancient wish, Lishona Habob Yerushalayim, will not be granted. I shall not be in Jerusalem next year or anywhere else. Next year I shall not be. And then how do I know that Jerusalem is there? Far away that Jerusalem is not here. Still I recite the Haggadah 
as though I believe as, th- as though I believe in it, and I await the prophet Elijah as I did long ago. I open my heart to him and say, "Welcome, prophet of promise. Welcome, herald of redemption. Come share in my story. Come rejoice in the dead that we are. Empty the cup that bears your name. Come to us." Come to us on this Passover night. We are in Egypt and we are the ones to suffer God's plagues. Come, friend of Paul, defender of the oppressed. Come, I shall wait for you. And even if you disappoint me, I shall go on waiting. Animamin. This is a tremendous piece of poetry written by Ali Wiesel. And as I was reading it, in all its painful content, a man who has given up hope on everything, on life, on Jerusalem, on a future, even on death and on silence, still ends his poetry by writing, I shall go on waiting, Ani Mamen. What I find even more amazing is the fact that he writes the following, The ancient wish, Lishona Habo'o Yerushalayim, will not be granted. I shall not be in Jerusalem next year or anywhere else. Next year, I shall not be. This is a man who thought that he will no longer be next year. But lo and behold, it occurred. He survived Auschwitz. He survived the darkest camps, the most inhuman suffering, and he did travel to Jerusalem. So this man who recited the Haggadah, he said the Passover story in his dark cell in Auschwitz, where he had not a pillow to rest, where his tummy twisted and toiled in hunger, where he saw this little sister four years old in the red jacket, shot to death. His mother go up in smoke and his father beaten to death. He survived all that and he did come to Jerusalem. He had a story. The Jewish people have survived all odds for a simple reason. Our enemies bore arms while we walked around with a story. And here's the difference. A weapon does not outlive the bearer of the weapon. When the murderer dies, the weapon lays still and silent. A story told outlives the storyteller. A story told becomes an eternal part of the existence of the universe. A story is here forever. A story must exist forever. And that is the beauty of a tale. When our enemies came with guns, with swords, with weapons of all kinds, our ancestors and we came with stories. And our stories live while our enemies are dead. 
in one of the novels which I am writing at present, I wrote the following paragraph. And I won't go into detail to discuss it because it has not yet been released. Still, I will open quote by telling you one short paragraph. Open quote. There was the story of Rachel in Egypt set in the times of Moses. She was a beautiful young girl who suffered continuous defilement from her Egyptian master. One day she was working in the swamps pregnant when she realized she needed to give birth. The Egyptian police mocked her and would not let her leave. She gave birth to a child that disappeared into the depth of the swamp. The child had not even cried. This paragraph is based on the Medrash. The Medrash tells us there was a woman called Rachel Rachel who gave birth into the Levanim, into the tit, and the child disappeared and her cry reached to heaven. The point which we are bringing out over here is the idea that Jews have lived with stories and our stories have outlived our enemies. Every Jew starts his morning prayer with a story. We read the story of the Akedah. When we sit around the Shabbos table, we tell our children stories. We are a nation of stories. The Jewish people are unique in many ways. And one of the ways which the Jewish people are unique is by the power of storytelling. We have always been people who carried on stories and we were a link from one generation to the next generation carrying the story of truth, never letting it be hidden. So here, Passover night, we sit around the table with our family, we sit around the table with our friends, we sit around the table and we say the Manishtano, and then we begin a story. We begin a story and we tell it and we sing it and we make sure that our story will continue for many, many more years. I'm going to take a short break and we will be back momentarily. Thank you all for listening. Our next special musical presentation is called The Serev, composed by our very own Val Simcha, Shlomo Yehuda, and featuring a special conductor, guest from Israel, Moshe Laufer, and on piano, a special guest from Israel, Eli Laufer. To sing the song, please welcome to our stage, Mutti Steinmetz and Mordechai Ben David.
Thank you all for listening and holding on. This is Shia Horowitz with JRoot Radio 97.5 FM. You can text the show live at 347-927-8398. I repeat, you can text the show at 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. We were talking about the power of a story. The power of transmitting something via a story. And this has always been part of the Jewish story that we told stories. Now, in reality, that God tells us that there are four ways of being Mikhaim, the mitzvah of Sipo Yetzias Mitzrayim. There are four ways for us to be Mikhaim, the mitzvah of Sipo Yetzias Mitzrayim. The Torah speaks of four sons. One is wise, one is wicked, one is simple, and one does not know how to ask the question. The God tells us, How is the Chochem? Mikayim the mitzvah sipper. He asks the question: Mahaedus vaachikum vahamishpotim ashetzivo Hashem lekeinu eschem. He asks us, what are all the testimonies, laws, and rulings given to us by God? What do they mean? What are the edus? What are the chikum? And what are the mishpotim? Vaaf ato emor loikehilchois apesach. And so you shall teach him the laws of Passover until the final law that nothing should be eaten after the Afikoimen. And, and from here we learn that one of the ways of doing Sipi Yetzirah Mitzrayim is not by telling the story Rather, it is by, it's not by telling the story, it is by, it is not by telling the story, it's by learning the laws. The Chochem is Mikayim Mitzvah Sipa Yetis Mitzrayim by learning the laws of Pesach. And I've brought up a story which I found in the Tosefta. And the Tosefta tells us the following story. There's a story of Rabbi Gamliel who spent his Seder night in the house of Ben Zoynin in the city of Lud. And they learned the laws of Passover the entire night. Till the... Till the... Um, till the... the 
the gever cried, which the chicken in the morning when it makes the noise. Kivin Sha'alu Amid Ashacha, as soon as morning happened, they got up, and they gathered, and they went to learn. So we have this story of Rebbe Gamliel being Mikhaim the Seder night, the way the Chochem does it. The way the Chochem does the Seder night is that he learns the laws of Passover. I'm going to skip the Russia for now, not because we don't have what to discuss about him, but time is short and I want to bring out a clear point. So I'm jumping to the Tam, to the simple son. Tam Mohi Oime. What does the simple son say? Ma Zois, what is this? To the simple son, we are Mikhaim Mitzvah Sipper through telling the story. The story that at one point we were slaves until God took us out of the house of slavery. So the Chochim is Mikhaim the Mitzvah Sipper through learning the Halacha. And the Tom is Mikhaim the Mitzvah Sipper through telling the story. Now, the Haggadah of Pesach tells us an interesting event that happened. Masa berebeleze vreb Yeshia vrebeloze ben Azariah vreb Akiva vreb Tafen shoyim esubim bebneibarak. There's a story about the Passover Eve when Rebeleze vreb Yeshua vrebeloze ben Azariah vreb Akiva vreb Tafen reclined together in Bneibarak. Vohoi misapren beyetias mitzrayim kol oisa alaylo. And they retold the story of the exodus from Egypt all through the night. Until their disciples came, the Amrulam and told them, Rabbi Seinu, our teachers, the time has come to read the morning Shema. Now, interesting difference in the two stories is that since they were telling stories, they got lost in the story and they forgot time. Therefore, Rabbi Gamliel, who learned the law, didn't need anyone to remind them that morning had come. But they who were telling the story is Agadah, is Moshe Chetalev, it pulls at the heart until the point where they forgot the time and they had to be reminded that morning had come. Once again, I'm sorry I can't take phone calls. If you want to be part of the show, you can text at 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. I don't have the technician here in the office, and I don't like taking the phone if they are not screened beforehand, simply because I respect my listeners. And when phone calls aren't screened, not all phone calls are interesting, and that's not fair for the listeners. And... I repeat, the text line is 347-927-8398. I will, retur- I will try to respond to the text messages as they come in. However, since they're coming in very fast, I beg your forgiveness if I don't get to your text message. But once again, our number is 347-927-8398. So here we have two ways of being Mikhaim Dagada. We can be Mikhaim Dagada through the way of the Chochem, and we can be Mikhaim Dagada through the way of the Tam. The Chacham learns the laws, the Tam tells the story. Yet we sit Passover Eve and we tell the story. Not only do we tell the story, 
Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Yeshia, Rebbe Lozer ben Azari, Rebbe Akiva, and Rebbe Tafan, all they also tell a story. Why did they choose to tell a story rather than learn the law? And why do we do the same? I think the answer is that it is the story which gave our ancestors the power to survive. It is the story which gives us the power to survive. The Jewish people have soared high and far by having stories. And by transmitting the story, we assure that we outlive all our enemies. Because our enemies come with weapons. We come with stories. Our enemies come with hatred. We respond with stories. Our stories are filled with love, filled with compassion, filled with learning, with yearning, filled with longing. There's so much. There's so much towards our, every story of ours. And before I take a break, I would like to once again read just one part of of the poetry which I started today with. And he writes as follows. The parable of Chadgadio is misleading. God will not come to slay the slaughterer. The innocent victims will go unavenged. The ancient wish will not be granted. I shall not be in Jerusalem next year. Or anywhere else, next year I shall not be. These words written by Ali Wiesel. And yet he was proven wrong because he was in Jerusalem. He is actually the president of Ir David. The president of an organization which uncovers our past and discovers our future. Ir David uncovers our past and discovers our future. So Pesach, the story, connects the Jew with the past and the future. It makes sure that all the promises God told us will be kept. And although the journey is sometimes difficult, sometimes almost impossible, the terrain is rough. The journey is hard. Tears, toil and sweat are all part of our story. But yet we survived and we outlived all our enemies with the same power that a simple story has. The power to outlive its teller. So Passover night, we say the story, we rejoice in the story and we make sure that the next generation knows the story too. We will take a short break. We will be back momentarily. Once again, you can text the show at 
Welcome back to JRoot Radio 97.5 FM. This is Shia Horowitz with Creating a Better World. And once again, we're talking about the power of a story, the power of a story to change us, the power of a story to carry our message to the next generation, the power of a story to fill a world of hate with a world of love. And this is the beauty of Pesach. The beauty of Pesach is the power of a story. And all of us have stories. First of all, there's the story of Passover, the story of Pesach, the story of people taken out of Golos, a story of a people redeemed, a story of a people cured and of a people healed. And... At the same time, we have to learn to become better ourselves. We have to know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out of Egypt in order to create a better society. We are a special people and we cannot live on hatred. We cannot live on mistrust. We cannot live on bad-mouthing. 
We must continuously be the best we can possibly be. We must continuously be kind. We must continuously be right. We must continuously think, is what we're doing the right thing or not? And through that, we will create a better society. Stories are not merely stories. Stories is the most powerful tool used to change ourselves. As we tell a story, we become changed. As we repeat a story, it uplifts us. The more we retell it, the more we live it. And we tell a story about our ancient forefathers who lived in a land. They wanted freedom, freedom to serve God, liberty for all of mankind, and love for all of humanity. This is something so special. This is something which we must continuously share. We must talk about the story which I repeated last week from the Avudraham. And that is the pouring the wine of the cup. Why we say the makot. Why do we pour the wine from the cup? For a simple reason. We, every drop of wine that spills, falls like a teardrop. And the Avudraham writes that it is a tear we shed for the Egyptians. We rejoice in our victory, in our liberty. We cry that someone paid the price. And with that, I'd like to tell you a beautiful story. I had a cousin who married off a child on the night after Shiva. And my first cousin, who is the chief rabbi of Gateshead, Rabbi Zimmerman, Rabbi Fivel Zimmerman, came to the wedding and he spoke. And he said a beautiful thought. It says by Kriyas Yamsuf that the angels wanted to sing Shire. The angels wanted to sing a song. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, you cannot sing. Why can't you sing? Because Ma say Yode Tavu Bayam Va'atem Oimrim Shire. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that you cannot rejoice while my people are suffering. So my cousin asked, then the Jews go through the Yamsuf and they sing Shire. Why could the Jews sing Shire when they pass the Yamsuf and the angels not? And he said a beautiful thing. He said an angel can only do one thing at a time. Either he sings or he weeps. He cannot do both. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, if my children are dying, you cannot sing. So all you can do is weep. On the other hand, Jewish people have the ability of doing two contradictionary emotions at the same time. We can weep and we can sing at the same time. We can cry and we can rejoice at the same time. And therefore, and therefore, HaKadosh Baruch let us sing Shire because he knew that we would sing 
and we would cry for those suffering souls at the same time. This is the beauty of the Jew. He only wanted the best for himself and the best for all of humanity. He never wanted others to suffer. Jews knew that the only way there's true liberty in the world is if everyone is free. The only way there can be true rejoice in the world is if everyone rejoices. So Pesach night is a call for all of humanity to be happy. Kol ditzrich yeisei v'yeichol. Kol dichfin yeichel v'yitzrach. Whoever needs, whoever's hungry, we call in to join us. Because as long as one person is hungry, we are not truly free. This is one of the beautiful beginnings of the Haggadah. Even before we talk of our freedom, we say, Kol dichvin yeisei v'yeichel, kol ditzrich yeisei v'yifsach. Let all those who are hungry come and eat with us. Let all those who are in need come and share our meal. As long as someone out there is hungry, we cannot truly be full. As long as someone has not had a meal, our meal cannot sedate us. We need all the people in the world to be full, to experience liberty, to experience happiness. And that is what makes us truly happy truly free, truly experience the Passover the way it's supposed to be. We will take one more short break and we will be back momentarily.
I'd like to end with this note. We end the Haggadah Shel Pesach with a famous poem of Chad Gadio, Chad Gadio. And it's a story of a goat who's bitten by a cat. And the story continues and the angel of death comes and kills man. At the very end, we read the following paragraph. V'oso melech malchei hamlochim hakodesh boruchu. V'shochat lemaloch hamovis. Then came God, blessed be his name, and he slew the angel of death who killed the slaughterer who slaughtered the ox that drank the water that quenched the fire, that burned the stick, that beat the dog, that bit the cat, that ate the goat, that my father bought for two zuzim. Once we finish the Agodesh Pesach, we believe in the deepest part of our heart that eventually the circle will come full. God will take revenge from those who deserve it. He will punish the wicked for their crimes and he will pay back the good and the kind for their deeds in the end our eyes will open and we will understand everything thank you all for listening and have an amazing Pesach Lishona Habo B'Yerushalayim and before I conclude, I would like to say the following message. Just like every talk show host, there are complaints, there are thanks. Some people thank me after every show, others complain after every show. Some thank for some shows and complain for others. I know how hard it is, I know how easy it is to complain, and I know how hard it is to thank. And Constantly, I get the thank you messages on the air as text messages. I thank you all for your support. I wish you all the most amazing Pesach. Keep on being an upbeat voice, an optimistic voice, a thank you voice. Remember that your voices will be the voices that will greet Mashiach. Thank you all for listening today and we will be back.